That's No Moon. You're listening to That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast discussing units, tactics, and more from the UK and Europe. Hello there, and welcome to That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast. It's been a week. I wonder what's happened in the in the Legion world. I think something happened. I know, I know, I know, an entertaining social media post that happened. It got left me. It hit the uh, the old Facebook sphere and went quite well. Um, I'm joined today with two people plus a guest. Our first guest. We've gone international, but uh, first I'll introduce our locals. Uh, let's go with Ollie. Ollie Dyer, how are you doing? Yeah, doing really good. Thanks. Apologies if I'm a little bit quiet to you listeners at home. My headset is of subpar quality, um, just, well, like, just, just like my Legion gameplay. What uh, we need to do is uh, the editor will hopefully sort it all out in post-edit. Is that right, editor? Yes, looking that's out, right. Good. Looking, out for, looking out for daddy cockles to look after us all. <laughs> yes, yes. Te- technical stuff all for me. That's fine. Um, next up, having his dinner and potential takeaway from Gusto or whatever the hell it is. Hopefully he won't <laughs> be eating when he's talking. Yum, 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 yum. And eat Harold. I'll try and make sure I remember to mute. That would be really, really handy because there might be some people who are triggered by hearing eating when they're uh, and and might trigger them and uh, cause vomit. I'll tell you what, some people pay good money to hear that. (laughs) There are, you know, someone somewhere in the world probably would, and that someone somewhere is definitely not joining us this evening. We've gone international because, as I said, it's not about this. This is not just a Star Wars Legion podcast for the UK or America or wherever. It's European. We're joined by Dennis Yenkel, also known as Octobear, on the Discord. Dennis, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Happy to be here. See, look, we can vary our accents up. We've got just the generic English that I have and the Fenland English that Andy brings, the generic Northern that Ollie brings, and now we've got the, the German accent to bring a little bit of extra class in from, for Dennis. Uh, I, I know, I know how we're all generic, and he has a lovely German accent. Well, because oh, I, yeah. t- I, can, I don't yeah, know I how to see special treatment. Outrageous. Okay, Ollie, can you specifically identify German accents based on where they're from? Uh, no. <laughs> so, so to me, that's generic. <laughs> to me, that's generic at the moment. But there we go. Um, Dennis, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how long you've been playing the game? Uh, wave, wave. What's your name? Where do you come from? All this sorts of jazz. And for those people who may not know your wonderful character, go for it. Tell us who you are. Yeah, um, you told me my name already. Um, I'm a 45-year-old guy um, who played Armada when Legion got announced. So um, I thought I should try this game, and I'm playing Legion basically since it got released. And I'm doing this not that often, but I'm 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 going to a lot of tournaments, so. <laughs> That's what give me, gives me some games, and uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm from Berlin, Germany. And what else do we need to tell you? I'm playing What's basically your all four factions. Do you um, have a favorite Star Wars character? Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's Vader. It's Vader. Ah, uh, he's into the bad guys. There we go. Yeah. Mine is a uh, mine is Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, that's just that's just me. But so well, I like Kenobi too. But you asked for the favorite one, right? So. Why do you think I always answer, open the show with "Hello there"? It's always yeah. it's just it has to be done. Um, I, to be honest, I don't know if anyone picked up on that, but I hope they did somewhere. Um, 
And the reason Dennis is on the show, because later on in the show, we're going to talk about Legion in Germany, uh, because one of us has been to Germany and had a blast. Uh, and But you've been over here and played plenty of games. And, well, in general, whenever the Germans have come over to England, they've generally kicked our butt. Um, so kudos, kudos, sir. Um, but that's for later on. I do like uh, how Dennis says he doesn't play very much, but am I right in thinking that you're second in Europe, Dennis? Yeah, I think I think I, I I'm second. I, I didn't check, but uh, I know that Mutton uh, is first now, right? So I should be second. Um, yes. So he doesn't he doesn't play much, but he manages yeah, to I, get I, enough I, ranks I, in. I I, di- I didn't I, I don't play much uh, at home, so I basically just play tournaments. So that's what I do. When he when he plays, he wins that kind of. Thing. But I I I I. I play a lot of tournaments for someone who doesn't play that much <laughs> I, I i don't we've never played as well so that's handy like me and and me and andy have never played and me and Dennis have never played and so that's just the way it things and it's just destiny is we're never going to play i think the only person we've played uh, from uh, when you visited is you've played johannes haven't you ollie is that yeah, the so I, yeah I played i played i played johannes at Round three at UK Games Expo, whilst he was on the triple bark Yoda Chewy list. And then I'm, I cannot remember who I played, but it was in the final for Games Expo. I can't. I can't. Uh, it was Yana, actually. Yana. And we played back in 2019, I guess, at Alice's first. What was it? Uh, Did we? London GT. That's embarrassing for you, Andy. Forgetting games. Oh, I don't remember that. I apologise. I know I played. Uh, no Finn. problem at all. It was round one or two. Must have been two then, because I played Finn. I think first game. Did you lose your first game? Because that's the only way. No, no. Uh, I. Uh, I don't know which round it was, but one or two. I don't remember actually. But when you had the full German experience, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting beat and thrashed. As we just said, Andy, Dennis doesn't lose. That's the way it works. No, I've, I think I've played. Is Richard also from Germany as well, from the Discord? Sure, from, yeah. I've played him on, uh, twice, I think, on Invader League. So, again, lost both. So, And that will be a subject we'll talk about a little later when we talk about Legion in Germany, because that's something they do well, and we, and we uh, will talk about that. But anyway, last week... Um, we had new rules, and they all came out in a wonderful new shiny rule book available as a PDF. Um, let's have a little bit of. There were lots of hot reactions. I uh, the reason I make a joke, made a joke about a Facebook post is I very sarcastically said um, uh, through the uh, lead, through our Facebook page, "Oh, when the dust has settled, we'll be talking about it next week." Uh, and then that that dust will settle on Republic units that get that are shelved. Lol. It's very kind of sarcastic, very British humour, very European thing, that sort of thing. Some people took it far too literally, and thought that we were having a bit of a whinge. It's a bit of a joke, um, but we we were making a joke. It was it was quite funny. The reason that that is quite funny is because Republic have suffered a little bit with the rules changes, but. Things are cyclical. Maybe something's coming out in the future that will change this. So who knows? But um, hot takes on rules. Um, I think it's nice to have lots of things cleared up. But there's one thing that needs a big clearing up. And I'll go to my rules expert. Andy, take it away. What do you think (laughs) I could be hinting at? Um, I think it's got to be silhouettes. 
wasn't quite that, but all right. Well, actually, no, it kind of is tied in with that, isn't it, really? But yeah, there we go. Uh, Andy, elaborate, please. Um, cover and silhouette. What is okay. the issue that everyone is uh, talking about? Um, the fact that a mortar can see over a wall and shoot would be one example. Um, I think the ATST getting uh, shooting a unit in the open. Well, that's been kind of been clarified now, isn't it? I think, um, last I checked on the forums, that if the ATST is stood behind a barricade and shoots um, some rebel troopers like miles away, that they're no longer in the open. I think that's right. I can't quite remember. There was a scenario that was updated. Um, but yeah, it's a, the main problem is just the, uh, the silhouette and um, determining cover, in my opinion. Oh, I still need to kind of reread it because they're doing uh, forum updates quite regularly and it's trying to keep on top of that, but also then going back to the rules reference and, or sorry, the CRB and um, kind of getting the new interpretation and breakdown. Um, from playing Ollie the other week, I think the best way I found is kind of just determining it as defender picks the line of sight um, and that that kind of then sums up if you've got cover or not because the defender's always going to pick their best possible option so um, that's that's my current feelings on it here's a quick one for you for those people who might not know um when you say they and you say the forums can you be a bit more specific because there might be people who go uh forums hey what who are they so because i this was new information for me when i found it and i was like oh, okay that makes all sense so who's so, where, who are they and where, what are these forums Along with the core rulebook, or the CRB as they're calling it, you've got the Atomic Mass Games forums, which I believe it's Seth, I, can't, I don't know his surname, and LJ Pino, um put out um, rules updates. It is LJ, isn't it? No, it's not. Yeah, it is LJ. Um, so they'll answer rules questions. So if you've got any questions, go and put them on the forum. They will answer them. And what they say is gospel. Um, it's as as good as a rules update, basically. So that's why you have to kind of constantly check it, which is a bit of a bummer. But they do seem to be migrating the answers into the CRB when they did an update like they did this week or last week. What we'll do is I'll put a, a link in a future post um, so people can actually just go, oh, okay, that link, and then they can have a little look over there. Uh, Ollie, um, there are obviously some other changes in the rulebook rule book other than uh, cover, and we've obviously spoken about the articles in the previous episodes. Uh, is there anything that leapt to you that made you go, oh, that's cool, or, oh, not a fan, or, well, just your general thoughts, please? Uh, I think I think using the word leapt um, is a really good uh, thing there because I have found the movement uh, vertically uh, and going up and down sort of uh, levels of buildings is absolute madness <clears throat> if nothing else the fact that you can especially with the new dark troopers that are going to be coming out and i uh, i sort of witnessed this firsthand against andy the other day the fact that you can speed one move up like so you're, you're you're completely covered behind a wall you can do a speed one move to get up shoot my guys and then pull another token out the bag shoot my guys and then speed one move back down which 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 is which is honestly outrageous stuff um, I think that you should have. They should have just kept grappling hooks at two points, uh, and then allowed you to equip them to your units. Because I don't feel just looking at a table of games. Like, I, I get it if there's if there's some stairs there, or if there's something that people could easily just sort of climb up on. It would make sense. But the fact that you can just 
appear on top of a wall and then disappear is I, I, I dislike it in the game thoroughly at the moment. I, again, I've not I've not played enough games for it to have properly settled, but as it stands right now, I'm uh, I'm I'm disliking that. But I do like the new cover rules at the moment. It's an interesting one, really, the, the movement, isn't it? It makes, it, it does make, as one, one individual commented about, it makes, uh, he, in his opinion, it makes, it makes the Republic brilliant because they can be, they're the best gunline faction. I politely disagree and say it's actually the Empire because they've got more better access to range four units about with gunline. So you can, but what you can effectively do, if you have a unit that has Relentless, you can do the hand Solo trick on mass with certain units. So you can move up, shoot then jump back down again um very and just keep the unit safe um that could be a flaw it could be a unique thing that could turn out to be um for certain factions but the the the, the scenario that i found that that would be horrific for would be um um an imperial special forces tax strike turn you give them is it relentless and tactical in one that sort of thing no steady not relentless steady excuse me they move up, they get the aim, they shoot, then they jump back down again, and that could be problematic. But it would be a ve- it would have to be a very specific scenario for that to come up, and a specific table for that to be um, what used all the time. If that makes sense. I think they, they basically did this already, right? So we just didn't climb, we just moved around the corner and moved back. But um, I don't think that's the biggest difference. Uh, yeah. So instead of going around, you're going up yeah. and then you're going down. So yeah, yeah it's, it's the only. So I don't think it makes much of a difference in terms of that I, that tax strike thing. It just could be for someone who doesn't know tax strike well or isn't familiar with all the command cards because they might be new. They could see it and go, "Blow me, that's scary," and that could be a hor- horrible. Um, Dennis, your thoughts? Anything that's popped out uh, to you? Um, regarding new rules and in in general anything that's popped out that you, make, makes you happy or sad i'm not happy and sad um i, I think uh, the rules in general are okay um i i have to say i haven't played them yet so it's it's all theory i'm talking about um and, but i also think that the cover rules are the biggest problem we have right now so um but I, it's a it's a problem that's pretty easily fixed, I guess, because if they just change uh, um, like uh, the silhouette thing that that Andy talked about, from like uh, viewing from every point of the silhouette to every point of the opponent's silhouette to from one point uh, of the silhouette to every point of opponent's silhouette, I think most of the problems are instantly gone. So um, that should be an easy fix. I think you're right. Again, and as I said before, I think AMG are pretty good at just keeping on top of things and looking and going, you know what, we goofed, we'll change this, or we like this for this reason, and we're keeping it. They'll they'll find a reason to justify, or they'll find a reason to edit, and people will people will undoubtedly say yay or nay, regardless of what happens uh, on that situation. Um, one thing that uh, that that came out was that, that uh, deflect uh, is no longer a thing in melee of course it isn't because you you're not deflecting in melee you're parrying really aren't you so i wonder if a parry keyword needs to be invented or is going to come out because that would be a good keyword to have like parry is in that... a... it's already there right it's block yeah it's block oh, oh block there you go <laughs> no but no no all right block is block but parry can do something else as well sure but can always be a new keyword so... yeah i mean parry parry sounds cooler than block, isn't that just it? uh anakin's 
um, Gem Soul uh, Mastery. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but and also um, Kenobi Cerezo. It's not guard. He's not. It's not deflecting. He's Cerezoing, which is a, such a strange phrase to say. Yeah. See, and, Gar aren't dead. They've uh, the only two uh, Force users who've got deflecting melee. Yep, and is it Yoda? No, Yoda and Pal for the other ones that have natural blocks like natural. to defend as force users anyway. But yeah, that's, they're a bit different because they both have five wounds. Pal has five wounds. Yeah, so and Palp anyway likes to kill himself uh, on one card. He likes to just go, and now you will die, and kills himself as well, or, or whatever it is. Um, so there was that. So there's no deflecting in melee anymore, which kind of makes sense. But that would be, and so I feel like um, Op Luke. Uh, and Vader will suffer a little bit, not a huge amount, but a little bit because Vader probably the... less than Opluke because yeah, Vader, Vader yeah. gets reliable too, so he has his mm. tokens. Yeah, and Opluke has to take now um, into the fray and loses tenacity for this, so his his uh, strike will get less he regularly, hits less, uh, and... less, but, less, yeah. less, less. What's the English word for it? Uh, he won't. Uh, he will get a lower average on hits, so that's the thing. Yeah. Yep. So he loses a little bit of his uh, potency, but yet still. Yeah. But you trade off that. But because tenacity is how many points? Six. And into the fray is four still? Yep. So you save two points. So there you go. <laughs> You're already saving points and getting a bid now anyway. There you go. Um, so that's deflect. Uh, cumbersome. Cumbersome's changed. Um, you can, whereas you could, you, where you couldn't do something beforehand, and now you can. Now you can fire the move, but you couldn't do any. You couldn't fire full stop beforehand with a cumbersome weapon. So that kind of makes legit sense because why shouldn't you be able to go fire the rocket and then move on? Um, which I, I think it just makes sense. It's not a stupid thing. Uh, so I'm happy with that because that might make uh, RPSs more uh, prevalent in uh, clone lists. That might be interesting. So to see. another buff and change to clones, then. Well, it's a buff. It's a. It's a. It's. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's, it's. It's more of like a sideways step because it's taken away one thing and giving with something else. And what it's taken away is probably what made but what made the Republic. And you can tell what I'm coming on to. It's taken away a mechanic that was janky, and I won't disagree with that. But it was a mechanic that was unique to them because no one else did it. And standby tokens are now no longer classified classified as green tokens. So that means, exemplar, the standby token cannot be shared with exemplar. And they also updated on the forum this week that Yoda can't share his standby either. Yes, because that would have been handy for him if he, on his um, Illuminous Beings away, he takes a standby he, and someone could have used it on at all. Um, Dennis, I'm going to throw it to you for this one because you were the first person, well, first person that I really knew of who ran the Padme Saber Tank standby sharing shenanigans. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's good for the game because um, I, I, I I played the list for like two big tournaments. Um, I played it first in Bremen and then uh, I kept it, uh, brought it to LVO. And I always got the same experience from my opponents. We all hated it. So <laughs> that that was a point uh, after LVO I dropped it because I didn't want to play uh, opponents who didn't like to play me at all. <laughs> uh, 
And um, I think it's good for the game. Um, most people hate to run against uh, um, those standby things, and um, I don't mind it. I don't... I'll stress it. It's not a bad thing that it, that mechanic specifically has changed, but it has made the Republic lists weaker in a competitive meta. I'm not saying they're not fun. They're probably they're one, they're, they're still fun as hell to play because of the Jedi, because of the characters and all this jazz. But if you're trying to go out with Republic and win events, it's harder. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying impossible. It's just harder because there are other lists that are better in a competitive meta. And we will talk about one particular list and why it's the the bag big daddy later on. As Ollie gives it the big end with his fists, he's like, yes. Uh, so there's that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else rules-wise. We've spent said about exemplar, and the, that's now no longer a green token. Uh, standby is no longer green tokens. Um, it does. On another note, that does make Padme a little bit of a bit of a uh, of a of a unfavorable unit. She's still cool, but I mean, it's not. She's not as good as. I'm not going to take her now to do things when I can do other things with other units. If that makes sense, it's 90 points I can put somewhere else. I, mean, I think that's the problem, that they haven't adjusted the points to reflect the new rules for some of these units, with Exemplar going, like, coming worse off, or the crutch that was holding up Gar has now been pulled away from them, and they're falling over and whinging about it constantly. But as... Um, sorry. No, go on, uh, go for it. But as soon as they do, uh, I think uh, Gar will be in a pretty good space, so let's say we, we drop Padme to 75 or 80, um, she's instantly a good unit again and playable, and you don't have this uh, negative standby experience. And um, the same stuff can happen to some of the other units. And uh, then you have actually a faction with probably the best Jedi at the moment and uh, some solid units. So I don't think um, taking the standbys away is a problem. I, th I would see it as a as as first step into fixing Gar. That's a very positive view, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I think I completely agree. I think the removing it makes the game better in the long run. And if Padme then does drop 10 points, well, now you've got 10 points for Vigilance, which is what was already stapled to her. So you've got her back, back at her original base cost, and you've got the benefit of keeping them dodges, which obviously you can then keep for Anakin, or you can keep them on your core units if you want to go down that route. So I think it, as you said, and obviously with them being on the core units, they can share them. So it opens up lots of possibilities that probably didn't exist before, or they did, I guess, exist, but um, just opens up new new list building options if they do adjust points in the future. I think it means what what the long term thing should be for Republic, and this and and, and it isn't a winch. This is a an observation as a Republic player because I play, I play three fractions. I play all, but uh, well, now I all technically I play four. I have some shadow plates and stuff that I built. Anyway, the problem that Republic has is that it doesn't have the I can do this, this, and this that other list that other factions have. The Empire, I, as much as I don't play it, but from outside looking in, I'm tempted to try and play it and play buy into it. Because there's so much vari variation in what you can do with all with all the different units and all the different lists. Rebels has is the same. Yes, they've been out for the longest. They've had more units, all sorts of stuff. But droids, you can do the same with droids. You can choose to take the invasion force with loads of B1s. If you have the patience to build that many B1s, you can choose to build more of a 
semi-elite kind of droid list with B2s and Magnas. You have the best duelist in Dooku if you want to be a melee threat or this sort of thing. So there are more things you can do with the other factions than there are with Republic. And that is probably the problem that Republic's in because everyone who plays Republic is, and, the, and the, you can't, even if they're whinging, you kind of got to agree. You've got to go, yeah, fair enough, because they've spent money on it. Anyone who's spent money on something and they're not happy with what they've got because something's changed, they have a right to go, oh, I'm not happy. But as soon as the faction balance takes place for Republic, that will be fine. It's just it's not happened yet, whereas it's taken hadn't taken that place for Empire, and and it's in Empire's in a great place. Rebels in a reasonably good place as well, and Droids are in a good place. It just needs that little tweak to make Republic um, much more balanced in term as a as a faction, because there's only one way you can one kind of list you can play sort of, and then it's just a case of well everything else isn't in a competitive sense. If you're playing for fun. Go nuts. But in a, we're talking strictly in a competitive sense. It's a bit different. The thing is, uh, if, if you think back, like, what is it, two years? Empire was in the same space. We talk about Empire being, like, this broad faction right now where you can play basically every unit. Um, Empire was in this place, like, two years ago. And uh, what was it? Do you remember the Imperial Salt Mines at, at the Legion Discord? Because I think the, the chat was named like this. And that's right now the, the guard chat probably, but um, I, I would be surprised if they don't get their treatment and if gar is uh, as bad as it is uh, at the end of the year. Cool. I think from from from, from what you were saying there, because I I don't think that rebels are in a good place at all at the moment. Um, I think that there is there is only one list that's worthwhile taking for rebels if you're looking to do well in kind of tournament play. Uh, and that's the double land speeder, because rebel sniper teams have become a lot less effective. Um, like you said, Luke Skywalker's taken a hit uh, on his on his uh, ability to damage output. You know, you've got the Luke DLTs that got absolutely slammed with a points up, points increase. I think my list from U UK Games Expo went up. I think it was at thirty two points. Um, and so I think that rebels are in a really really tough spot. I think potentially Ahsoka, when she comes out, might do something to help them. Um, just as a slight, I'm hoping that she's a slightly more budgeted version of Luke. I know she's going to get the two attacks because she's got multiple lightsabers, and we've been and we've been told that she's going to be really leaning into the dodge mechanic. Um, however, unless I think you, that there will be builds for Rebels again. Um, I think that Din Djarin could have could have been good for Rebels, but he's just been um, fairly fairly lack as as I've seen him on the table. Um, same for same for Papa Boba. He's also been pretty bad for Rebels as well, because he's just a one card pony, uh, and there is and there's so many so many so many ways to get around it. I think the Republic uh, will eventually. I mean, when I started playing Legion, Republic were dominating. Um, now Empire are dominating, and it generally just goes in a kind of a cycle. I think it's gone Republic, Droids, Rebels, now Empire. Um, so. And obviously, Shadow Collective were dotted in there and stuff. So, you, you missed the uh, the pre days of when it was the triple barbecue from the Rebels three eighty RTs with the Flamer running up. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't there for that because eighty RTs, as we all know, are lovely to look at. The true menace is... the Tauntauns, right? Not the eighty RTs. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, the the Tauntauns. So that's why I thought like uh, Rebels, because you said they weren't um, they were in a tough spot. 
I reckon they're in a good spot because they've got the unit variation. That's uh, because you can run really cool things with Sabine and Luke and Triple Tontons, and that is a that's pretty fun, and it's pretty good. It's it, yeah, it depends. I, I suppose it depends what you're playing against, but I think Rebels can do. Rebels are in a better spot than Republic are for sure. But I, I think yeah, there's still uh, more no, that they no, can do. No, 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 no one's arguing that Republic are probably in the worst spot. Um, you know, I've noticed that as I've been looking at tournament results, Shadow Collective have taken a dip. Obviously, as uh, Pike Spam has also. But the, the, the problem is, although Rebels have a decent array of units, um, and it's really cool, but, you, but they've also got units like Pathfinders, which are pointless. Like genuinely pointless, especially now with the new suppression rules, because their danger sense works against them. And Tontons, sure, they're good, but after they got their nerf, they're nowhere near what they could be. So you're essentially what you're doing is you're throwing a lot of white saves out across tables to get shot at by better gun lines. And if you get there, fair enough. Great. Like you've made it in and you'll probably do some damage. But all it takes is a single withdrawal and then a shot into those Tontons again the following turn once the dodges are gone, and they just fall apart. I think one key thing to point out, though, is although Rebels are on the back of foot compared to, say, a couple of months ago, um, when we're talking about the win percentages, if you look at it, like the top faction's never been higher than 58% guaranteed win like percentage. So it's not like we're talking about other franchises where their top faction wins at win rates at tournaments are 70-80%. Like the Legion, I think from the latest stat lines, getting real mathematician y on this, like the lowest win win rate is Gar or I think with forty-five to forty-eight percent. So you're less than ten percent margins on win ratios, like so it still means they're good. It's just you're just slightly behind the curve, um, so you'll you'll find it maybe slightly harder than if you took another faction. We're not talking it's impossible to win a two-day tournament, or a single-day tournament especially. It's just, I think you've got to be smarter and more careful, and you can't make a mistake, because you'll probably suffer from it, where the other factions will be able to make one or two mistakes and maybe get away with it, just because they've got that slight advantage. But this, but this is this this is what I mean. Like rebels outshine when they're able to dig in and use a decent gun line, uh, and it's just a with 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 the vast points increases, and it just makes if you take a unit of rebel DLTs now, losing them if they've got you know if you've got officers with vigilance if you've got them with situational, losing them hurts so much more than it ever did. Just because you're losing that extra six, seven points per unit killed, right? I think, I think that, I think every faction will, will, will have, will do well. You, you can win a tournament with any list whatsoever because the game is pretty well balanced. But I think, especially at the moment, there are a couple of lists in certain factions that are just outshining everything. And this is something we can pick back up on as time goes on. Because as time goes on, we'll see what rules changes affect certain factions more or less and affect tournament results and all this jazz. Um, talking on, moving on to events. Uh, I hosted my first event uh, two weeks ago uh, from point of recording. And I think from a tournament, from, a, from my first time organising, I think it went well. And I'm very, very happy to 
get some positive. I was very happy to get positive feedback, and people was like, "Oh, it was, like, it was really nice. What well on cockles? Uh, it was very good." And it was like, oh, "I'll just give myself a pat on the back, that sort of thing." So I thought we'd talk about it. We'll talk about results, and I posted all the results um, on on our Facebook page with the top factions and the and the top lists as well. Um, the top, the two top lists were Blizzard Force, and we'll say why shortly. Which was Mike Reese and Ollie were top two. And then Rich College with Droids and Droidicas. Yes, Droidicas came third. Um, which is awesome to just see something different on in, in a top in the top spot. And then after that were, were several others, and um, uh, we'll go through that in a bit. But um, before we talk specifics and things, I wanted to know what Andy, you thought as an experienced <laughs> TO, because you run many events, uh, what you thought a good event should consist of what and what it what 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 new tos often do and you spoke to me about this when i made tables and you're like ah this is what some do and what you can do to improve that and i thought that might help because there might be others who are aspiring tos uh, in and around the who are wherever you're listening australia germany italy wherever and this might help them so andy what went well and what didn't and what could be done to have rectified um i think one thing that's always important with tournaments is running of times like um obviously i know the start time of the tournament's nine o'clock i can roughly work out if it's two and a half hours around lunch break etc prizes we're done by six i think it's very important that that is a thing um because obviously some of us have families travel times etc so i've been to tournaments where they've not really stuck to their schedule and you're finishing at like eight o'clock at night and then you've still got to drive home. So I think that was an important thing. It was very smooth and it felt from that kind of point of view, a well-structured tournament. Um, and like, it wasn't your first time. Um, I think, and I spoke to you about it beforehand, the, the, tournament, the biggest issue you had um, was the pieces of terrain. You kind of fell into what I see at, uh, kind of first time tournaments where you put a nice big piece of terrain it might not be a line of sight blocker it probably is though um dead center now obviously your tournament was two days before the new rules this is kind of less of an issue now because previously it would affect recover the supplies and hostage because if you didn't have jump on your trooper units um then you'd never be able to claim them um, objectives or it would take you forever to climb up and do everything that slightly has changed now because obviously everyone can climb um, but it still is an issue with key position um, so if you've got a big line of sight blocker in the middle and I can park my whole army of 10 activation droids versus Ollie's uh, 8 activation um, army then it's a, a free win for me and that's always something that I think some people forget, yes, it's lovely to have this big 80-80 body carcass in the middle of the board. Just shift it kind of slightly to the right or off-center and just have a, a crater or a barricade come off of it. It still gives you that aesthetic. Um, it just gives you um, a... Like, it just plays into the missions and uh, making it more balanced and fair for everyone. You don't want that massive piece to be uninteractive and not being able to it dictates the game in some cases um i think that's the biggest trap most people fall into but it's less of an hindrance these days 
I think um, what makes Legion fun compared to other games, well, not all games, just some others, when you go to a tournament, some games have to have symmetrical tables and board, board edge and or terrain layout doesn't really make much of a difference because you're playing on the same thing on a symmetrical, on a symmetrical table. What makes Legion fun is you can, you can make a table tell a story. And a couple of people um, were very generous in bringing their own stuff for tables. Um, uh, I had three people bring their own stuff. And I can remember two of them. I apologize for the third guy because names and I'm sorry. Um, but Rich College has his own 3D printed um, downed uh, 8080. And that worked well as a table on a snow mat. Looked really cool. And uh, Andreas Killy had um, a Wookiee Village, Ewok Village, um, Ewok Village, yeah, Ewok Village um, table that he brought um, uh, that, that made for a, looked cool. Maybe not the best in terms of a gaming table because some of the things might have been in the way, but as a table to look at, it was awesome and all that sort of stuff. And there was one other gent who I can't remember had some really cool um, industrial stuff. Um, so have it, tables can tell stories. And I when I was making it, I was like, that would be really cool. And um, yeah, that was, and that was my plan. But when you said all that stuff and it's like of course that makes sense and as you said it's like it's a new newbie tournament new newbie to issue to learn from um dennis when you've been to events what has made and, and uh, ollie same question for yourself in a second what has made an event really cool and you've gone i love this and this has been fun uh for you um not necessarily winning but like you've gone i've enjoyed my time that sort of thing I think uh, it has become uh, mainly uh, uh, the community, uh, getting the guy, uh, meeting the guys, uh, have, going out after the tournament. It's, it's a big part, as you know, <laughs> because um, um, we started this karaoke <laughs> thing uh, back in England. So, um, uh, yeah, this, this has become uh, probably my favorite part. And... Um, on the other hand, you have all this stuff um, Andy already uh, talked about. Um, you need a, a minimum quality of tables. If you have it, uh, you will have a great tournament and um, layouts. And uh, that's basically it. If you have a, like like a, a solid time structure around it, uh, there can't go much wrong, at my opinion. Of, but that's just me. So I'm going to put a little caveat in that when he said the community and we started this thing in london about the whole karaoke thing i'm just gonna we'll put some context in that in that for some people yeah uh, and then there's another thing that's, that, that i had a little funny thing to mention here so um years ago when the lgt was on in london i think it was 2019 yes um so the so we all andy was playing i'd never met andy properly until then really and various others were playing as well and I had booked a, uh, an Airbnb in a, in a hotel room that was just in a, a, just around the corner. And you guys were like, yeah, are we going to go to the pub? And I was like, yeah, yeah, this would be great fun. Let's go, we'll all go to the pub. And you guys chose the pub. And I, and, I, and, it just, and I was like, wonderful. That's literally a walk around the corner from my, from my Airbnb. And we all rocked up there. We all had a great fun. The Danish guys were there, Rene and his mate, yourself, me, Andy, uh, loads of people. It just happened to be that you chose it and it was karaoke night by pure fluke and pure accident and that made it fun and that made it spontaneous and since then i've just like i've got the, we've got the videos from like finn singing uh what, what, what did finn sing eternal flame by the bangles uh, that was fun uh, a duet with johannes yeah yes he did it as a duet with johannes can't take that sorry can't take the credit away johannes and finn singing <laughs> singing eternal flame in 
what was it in, in a beautiful German accent uh, with the, with the words makes it fun. That will be one of the fun things I remember. But what then? Fast forward to last year when I'm in Bremen, and uh, yeah, no, you're you're sitting there saying, and I'm going to do an impersonation with your, with, with your German accent here. So if this offends, I apologise. It's not the intention. But he's like, no, this is Cockles, and he's the karaoke guy, and I'm like. I'm a Legion guy, aren't I? And, you, and in my head, and you, no, 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 he's the karaoke guy. <laughs> so no, I'm not known for my Legion. I was known for the karaoke, which makes it funny. Uh, so I'll always remember that. I'll always treasure those memories, mate. Thank you. Well, if you started making the cuts, then you might be more of a Legion guy than karaoke. Oh, snap! <laughs> he's, he's not wrong, though, Cockles. No, I, that's why I went, oh, snap, and I didn't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you know, I, you know what, you're, uh, Dennis, when you said the community stuff, I was like, I was like, yes. As soon as you said that, I was like, yes, hundred percent. Because obviously we replicated that in Bremen, and we had Kevin Jones singing. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was, it was. One was Depeche Mode. That was it. He sang Depeche Mode. Enjoy the silence. Yeah. Um, and he did that very, very well. And what was quite cool is no one else was, no one else was expecting it, and everyone just got on board with him singing it, and he did very well. Uh, as did. No, it wasn't in our group. There was some little dude who rapped Eminem's Eight Mile, and he did it flawlessly and brilliantly. And he was just a little guy, and it was, oh, it was fun. Anyway, Ollie, what makes uh, what makes a negative experience um, an event for you? I'm gonna. I already know what you're gonna say, but not that one. Not that one. Another one. Another oh, reason. Come on, I've, I've been sat here thinking. Right, I've, I've put together a nice argument in my head. Fine, fine, fine. Um, what makes a tournament negative for me is the London Grand Tournament 2022. Um, and it is to do with the most abysmal tables I have ever seen. Like, holy hell, that was awful. Especially when, like me, um, I have different coloured dice to the good factions. Um, and therefore, if there's no terrain, I just fall apart and just sit down and cry a little. Um, no, it's as I said, the, the people were amazing. My all my opponents were great. All the games were fun, but if the terrain benefits somebody in such a way as that you cannot win a game, um, then I think there's something wrong, uh, and it needs to be and it needs to be addressed. Now, uh, the like the judges and the TO that was there, they were super super helpful in the end. Um, like they managed to get us a little bit more scenery, um, but. You know, when when we arrived there, and we were being told, "Oh, I'm sorry, um, this other game system needs the terrain before you're allowed to uh, before you're allowed to have any." I'm just kind of sat there going, "It's a world's qualifier. That's just a that's just a standard tournament." So I think quite often, and especially for new players, go to your locals, support your local game store. Most local game stores, including the one that I used to own, we used to sit there building and painting terrain. Uh, and just making sure that things are thematic and that everybody has a chance to play things that they want to play. Um, when you're going to the larger tournaments, um, just prep yourself for anything. Uh, and I think that's I think that's one of the big parts of Legion. It's it's amazing traveling around, meeting people from different countries, playing against people you'd have never played before. Um, but I think that always go with an open mind when you go into these kind of things. Hundred percent. You, it made me. I laughed a lot when you said, "What? What makes a bad tournament? London Grand Tournament, like 2022." Yeah, there was there was a negative experience there because of the terrain. But fortunately, the guys who were there to sort it out, they did. They they, they were really cool and helped out. Eventually, it was just you're right, hit the nail on the head. For a world, you're expecting slightly more. Um, for me, 
a positive a positive experience is always meeting new people like you guys dennis traveling around where where possible all this sorts of stuff it's great and and dennis when you said the community could not i can't echo that anymore you you bang on the bang on bang on the nail that sort of thing there's so many people i've met and i just want to know it's like we have beers and things like that and they should go to a brew dog in milton king's and don't let you have a beer and don't eat do you they don't let well, you have a drink. Uh, just, just, I mean, if it wasn't um, for the community, then we wouldn't be doing this podcast because I didn't know Ollie or Cockles before I started playing Legion. So yeah, I met Cockles back in 2019, Ollie in 2021, probably end of. And it's only by going to tournaments, then the next tournament, I go, hey, it's you, like, and you kind of rattle your brain going, did I play him? No, but what's it, what was his name? Like, and then the next tournament, again, you meet them for the third time and that's and as Dennis said, you go out for drinks and you have a laugh and you build that camaraderie up, I guess, as it is. And you laugh about your mistakes from the games if you did play them. And if you didn't play them, you talk and whinge about when you lost and dread for schedule. Um, <laughs> and you, you kind of, like, as I say, you build up from, first of all, just being a Legion friend to being a proper friend. And then, like, it just progresses from there. I think you're right. It's all. It's nice to catch up with people you don't see too often. All this sorts of stuff as well. But Dennis, quick one for you. You, I feel like you're the most travelled of the three of us. Of the four, four sorry, of the four of us. Um, you've been to the UK at least twice minimum. Yeah. Anywhere else you've been to play games? Um. Yeah. Um. The thing is, um, we have. I. I try to paint the picture um we have like 10 to 12 guys in germany who also met at tournaments and uh, built this bondage we talked about and uh we often start these trips by by talking to each other who's going to which tournament and so we usually have a big german travel group that's why we always come in with so much guys and uh, we tried to move uh, around europe yeah we were in france we were in um I wasn't in, Spe uh, in Alicante, but uh, Johannes, Martin, Marvin were there. Um, what else? Um, France. Have you been to the States? Yeah, I was at LVO last year. Last how, year. It was also a, a blast. How did, how did you find... Because uh, I, I imagine there weren't many European travelers for LVO, but how did you find that um, as an experience um versus like some of the big events you've been to in europe not necessarily the uk but i mean in general in europe um how how was that i because the only info we get uh is either through the discord or the uh podcast reactions from legion 99 outriders notorious scoundrels all these guys uh, stabcast all these guys they will go into it very with lots of information because they've been there um you went there what was your experience of it as a non- American, a pretty positive one. Um, um, I stayed at the Rio, I think is the name of the casino where the tournament is or was, and um, I think most of the guys stayed there. And um, you started to learn to to, to uh, know each other at the first evenings, and you met all the guys you talked to uh, at the Legion Discord, and started to going out uh, in the evening and drink something, talk to them. We moved twice to a Korean barbecue there because it was fun. And yeah, it was, it was, I wouldn't say, I would say it's no, no major difference uh, from the experience way because it's, it's also all, 
was also pretty fun. You ha I had no problems to 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 um, to find uh, some cool guys to talk to and uh, to uh, go out with. And uh, from from the playing experience, it was also like a, a major event in Europe with uh, pretty good players and uh, very close games. And this is because that would have been the converse. Because obviously, Lucas Yusik obviously is an American in Germany, yeah. so he's got the converse. And he, like myself, obviously, we play. I went to when I went to Bremen. Uh, I, I, I before I went to Bremen, I was sitting there thinking, this is going to be really hard. I need to learn some German phrases specific to Legion. So I was sitting there thinking, like, habe zwei rote dice and all this sorts of stuff. And I was sitting there thinking, no. But then as soon as I played a few, there's only one gentleman who didn't have as, as high a level of English as everyone else. But that's not a bad thing. I'm in Germany. He should be, he should be speaking his language. I should be speaking German. But um, I was expecting, to, like, I need to learn some words and do this. But no, everyone was, everyone was like, no, no, it's all good. We all speak English. And it's a very sad indictment on the English education system. But it was great when I went as a, I was the, I think there was, I was the only Brit. Oh no, sorry. Kevin Jones was there, but he, he counts as team Holland uh, by his choice. Um, <laughs> so there was myself and Kev as, as, the, as the Brits slash Dutch. Uh, there was a Dutch collection there, some French guys there I got speaking to. Um, yeah, it was just really good fun. And obviously Lucas there is the, is the sole American um, there and that sort of stuff. So yeah, for him and I to go to a, what would be a non-native English language tournament was quite cool. And, it, and to stress, it was awesome. So if anyone ever gets a chance to go away and play games, do it. If you can't, it's not a bad thing. It's just if you have the financial ability to, because we all know it's a tough world at the moment. But um, that's another conversation for another time, because I believe two of you are here. Dennis, are you going to adept to Chicago? Yep, I will. Hey. So that'll be all three of you except me going to Chicago, unless I win the lottery and then go get the last chance qualified tickets or something like that. But I don't think I that's going to happen. You still wouldn't make the cut. Yeah, still, hey, still, still, still probably do not you know why I'd know I'd make the cut? Because I would bite the bullet and run flipping blizzard force and go, there we go. That's how I'll make the cut because I'll have to not but not beat them, join them. That's so, how it is. Somehow, and I'm not sure how this will happen. The day you pick up Blizzard Force is the day Blizzard Force goes 05. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I, I will just, I've never been to an event and lost all my games. I've never, never, that's never happened. I always, I've always won something. My first one I went to LGT in 2019. I was, I think I was one and two on the on day one. And then forevermore, I've always had a winning record, if not making the cut record, if that makes sense. I went to Germany and I went two and two against some really flipping good players. So I was happy with that. And I was running a stupid list that was Yoda and Kenobi. I'm pr proud of you, mate. Thank you. Someone is. <laughs> you could have done better, though. Yeah, yeah. You could, you, you could have at least gone 3-1 and made us all not look like idiots. Uh, you know, I, I guess 50-50 I guess is fine. I'm trying to think. Actually, no. I think I went three and two because it was five. Was it five games? It was five games. Yeah. Yeah. So I went three and two. I went three and two. I lost to Killian, uh, Killian Young, who at some point, by the way, he will be on the podcast later because he wants to talk copying, and we will talk copying because that's a topic that Legion will do, does very well. And um, I lost to a, my first game to a gentleman who I, whose name I can't remember, um, but it was down. It was literally down to, can Anakin see my clone trooper? If he can, he throws his saber. If he can't, I win the game. And he threw his saber. And, and then Finn, judge, called it and said, now he can see him. Boo. Boo, Finn. I say boo. In jest. Um, 
that's it. Events. Uh, we, but obviously the Colchester event went really well. Uh, I'm very happy. Any last thoughts on the Colchester event, Andy, Ollie? No, I think I, th- I think you ran it really well. Um, I think it all ran quite timely, uh, Thanks, and there was Luke. a real and there was a real spread of players there as well. So you had beginners up to world qualified, which is which is, which is what you want um, at these kind of events because um, you know being able to learn off people who have played more games and who have had the opportunities to go to these larger tournaments uh, is always good, in my opinion. And just to stress. The fact that you two drew each other in round two was not planned. It was random. Andy was there when I did the pairings. He was just like, "Oh, there we go." It, it was one. It was one hundred percent. You paired it again. There's no. There's no way you put me and Andy against each other round two. I a would po- never. A, po- a pod that, off cockles. A pod off outrageous. I would never. I would never on purpose repair based on the fact that you two paired me off the thing. I would just never do it because if because. Other other people might be like, oh no, I wanted to play him because I play him with So no, it was all balanced. There was no fixing that at all. The only thing that was slightly changed was the fact that you did move tables. Yeah, you did that to me twice. Twice you put me on tables that were worst that were worse for my list. <laughs> I'm going to quote you. I'm here for world's practice, so I thought, oh, there we go. I'll change his table. That will help it. That will make practice make perfect. Yeah. Talking of practice, what were you practicing with? So, uh, I was practicing with Blizzard Force. Uh, I've currently got 27 reps in with, with it so far. Um, and my record for it at the moment is 24 and 3. Um, with. Is it all three? No, two of those losses being to Andy. <laughs> uh, and one loss to me being very hungover in Stockport and a very, very good opponent. Um, so the list the list is bonkers, uh, and this new point the, the new points updates and the passing rule has made it even more so. Um, so I'll uh, I'll talk you through the list um, and just sort of tell you what my and this is what I will likely be taking to worlds depending. So it is nine activations, uh, seven hundred and seventy one points. So I'm going for a giant bid to make sure that I always get my missions and objectives. Uh, I am running Darth Vader the Commander. With improvised orders, burst of speed, force choke, and force push, two stormtroopers heavy response units with the DLT 19s and RT 97Cs, one squad of snowtroopers with just a medical droid and one naked snowtroopers, and then four speeder bikes with emergency transponders. And then in terms of command cards, we are on both of Vader's one pips, implacable and Vader's might. Then we're on Vader's 2-pip, Fear and Dead Men, and the Blizzard Force Overwhelming Barrage. And then both of Vader's 3-pips, Darkness Descends and Master of Evil. Right, now, for those who don't own the Blizzard Force cards, just can you tell us what the Blizzard Force so the, um, the, pip the, 3 does, please? The, the pip 2 Blizzard Force, um, the Bombardment, is a 4-black blast suppressive beam 1 shot that you can take with your commander at the end of any activation. It's range 4 to infinite um, and it is just absolutely nutty. I've, I've never seen a, I've never seen a command card like it. Like, sure, you've got layers bombardment and that's 2 red 3 times over. Sure, that's fine. But the fact that it has blast, so you're just completely ignoring cover, uh, it's a really, really good tool to use if someone leaves a squad of 4 naked rebel troopers at the back of the board... Um, just to have a really good chance at clearing them off the table. Um, and in terms of the other command cards, uh, Vader's Vader's might 
uh, allows you to move units. Uh, Implacable lets you attack twice uh, for the low cost of suffering a wound. Uh, Fear and Dead Men is whenever you are, is whenever an enemy trooper unit activates within. Actually, no, it's just any enemy unit activates activates within range two of you. Uh, you gain a dodge token, uh, and then when you're using the deflect keyword, blanks deal wounds as opposed to surges. Uh, Darkness Ascends is to give Vader reliable two at the start of the game, uh, and then Master of Evil is when Vader activates uh, any enemy unit, any enemy trooper units within range two gains. I think it's three suppression tokens. Uh, and so yeah, so it, it, it the Blizzard Force as a list, the, the reason it's doing so well is because it has such good threat output. Like you have four bikes coming towards you that are being backed up by two heavy response units that are then being backed up by Vader, who will eventually make a dive into your lines. So th 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 there's no respite from that. Like you you just have to focus off individual units as they're coming at you and hope that you can do it in time. Because otherwise, it's just going to overrun you, uh, and that's what I've done in so so many games. I've, I think, out of my twenty four wins, I'd say probably nineteen of those have been tablings, which, which you know, which I've which I've never seen. Even when I was running Luke DLTs, I think I might have tabled someone once, that's, maybe twice. Yeah, that's not nice. Um, quick question for Dennis. Uh, I'm going to pronounce something here, and you can laugh if I get it wrong, but it's going to be tried. Is the Schneestrom? <laughs> uh, a thing in uh, in 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 Germany. Uh, I'm going to go with yes, but like, how much of a thing, or is it something that you're avoiding, or what's the crap? And let me just say, Schnee Schneesturm. I think that's how it's pronounced. What was that? That was German for Blizzard Force, but also Dennis has just gone muted somehow, so that's fine. <laughs> so if Dennis could unmute yourself, that would be really handy. But that was Schneetrum is uh, is German for Blizzard Force. If, the, if those of you who uh, are I... cultured enough to learn languages, yes, D uh, Dennis, we can hear you now. Is Perfect. Thing... I don't know how I got muted, but I somehow got. Uh... Um, yeah, it is played. Um, actually, um, the last big tournament uh, was Hanover in Germany, and uh, Finn played it there, and uh, uh, he um, brought it to the top four i guess top eight i'm not sure anymore but but yeah it, it is played and uh, it is pretty good yes but he uh, he uh, he plays a slightly different uh, he played a slightly different version to ollie's he played uh operator and uh and, and um, the, the normal empire commander and 10 activations Thank you, um we'll come back to german am i pronouncing that correctly you tell me if i come on what should I tell you? Am I pronouncing Blizzard Force in German correctly? I've got, I've we, got it we, down. We, we just Google, said that Goog we, oh, Google told me it's called Schneesturm. No, no. Uh, right? as, uh, we say Blizzard Force to it in Germany, oh. so <laughs> that's it. Boring. But if you want to translate <laughs> it, um, it would be uh, Schneesturm. Yeah. Hey, I, was, I wasn't far off. I mean, come on. That's yeah, not too it, was, bad. it was close. I, when I was muted, I told you it was good. Oh, that's but, right. But then. you I didn't, didn't hear, hear that. because I was muted. No. <laughs> No, that's fine because you muted, and that so so. Uh, just wait. Whenever we get, if at some point in the future, when we get other guests on, i.e., Mickey in Poland, people from France, people in Spanish, what we try look different, try Legion words in different languages. That could there we go. Yeah. So, Ollie, I've got a question for you. Fire away. What was your battle tech, uh, battle deck, uh, or what is it now, and why have you changed it? Right, so uh, my battle deck at the moment, so for missions, 
Uh, I'm now running Breakthrough, Key Positions, Hostage Exchange, and Bombing Run. Uh, the only difference there is that I have dropped Payload for Key Positions, uh, and that's just because of the new rules changes to Payload. Um, like You can get yourself real unstuck, uh, and the table's got to land for you really, really well. Um, and then I think I'm gone for, in terms of deployment, I've gone for Advanced Positions, Major Offensive, Hemmed In, and Danger Close. Um, so the only thing that I've changed there is I've put in advanced positions and taken out um, rollout, uh, and this is solely for the purpose. This is solely for the reason I've been running Commander Vader instead of Operative Vader. Uh, for those who don't know, Operative Vader is speed two, whereas Commander Vader is only speed one. Uh, but he does get the access to three force powers, and so I do run burst of speed with him just for that purpose. Uh, but I've tried to give myself slightly closer uh, deployments so that Vader can get there quicker. Uh, and then in terms of conditions, uh, I've gone for hostile environment, fortified positions, war-weary, and minefield. Um, again, hostile environment and war-weary especially, I don't really care about suppression on my troops because Commander Vader has no courage value. Um, therefore, my troops aren't getting panicked, so long as they're within range three of him, and they generally do bubble up, or they sit um, far which... enough back that they're not going to be shot at. And that now also with the new suppression rules is going to be absolutely freaking mental. Yeah, like like, like ridiculously so. Uh, and it means that I don't really mind running across the minefield either, um, as any suppression that I pick up on my guys is absolutely fine. I can run Commander Vader over them if I really want to, and I've got the med bot on the snowtroopers to heal him up. Um, whereas I'm thinking that if there's a chance that you move your unit into range one of a minefield and you take two suppression, um, which for some units, if they're if they're running a bit too far forward or the enemy commander's not in range, you know that could be a panicked unit just sat there, um, which is just easy easy cleanup uh, for the speeder bikes, especially with the speeder bikes having emergency transponders on them as well, uh, which is meaning that I can double move, aim and shoot, um, and generally excluding B ones, um, I can. That I, I have a chance to wipe pretty much any trooper unit off the table. What would you um, say is the Achilles heel of your list? Uh, the Achilles heel of my list is Separatist Invasion Force. Um, because it, 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 the bikes really, really struggle to chew through that many B1s, especially when they're running eight squads. I've seen, I've seen builds where they're running eight squads with eight PK series worker droids, so not only have I got to chew through eight units of B1s and usually a tank, I've then got to chew through eight units of B1s, a tank, and a, an additional 16 wounds spread out somewhere else, which makes it so, so difficult to get through. The, the, the only time that Separatist Invasion Force probably loses um, in that instance is once Vader arrives. Because once Vader gets in there, the first thing he's going to go for is the T-Series uh, or even the Dooku. Whoever the commander is, Vader's going to go for. And then you're just going to drop Master of Evil and panic the big blob of B1s. And that's the, that's the only conceivable way I can think of doing it. It's why key positions now becomes a lot stronger for Vader um, because of Master of Evil. Because it just means like on his last turn, if he manages to get himself sort of nicely tucked into the blob, Turn six, try and activate Vader last, and you're literally just going to master of evil and take as many units as you can away from scoring. You're a horrible human being, you know that. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 all it's it's all tactics, and the, and there's some really really gamey stuff that you can do. But um, I was, I think when I think when you when you're looking at things like if I I I, I can take fun lists if I'm not preparing for a tournament, I have done. 
um, at one of uh, Andy's locals. I took Luke Lando Mando um, just just for a bit of fun. The worst the worst score I've ever received at any tournament ever. Uh, <laughs> but it was fun and it was nice to play. But if I if I'm if I'm tournament prepping, I'm generally going to pick the best lists and I'm going to hammer out reps of games on it. And I'm going to consider each objective card that I take and how I would best win that, depending on varying situations. So as a interesting one for you, a little bit of tactic. That so um, because we reminded some listeners that the the Colchester tournament was ELO ranked. Some uh, one particular player changed what was been what's going to be what was going to be a really fun list. Triple flutter, triple flutter craft rookies, all this sorts of stuff. And then they went, oh, I can't run that. It's ELO ranked. So they changed to Blizzard Force and they came first. So well done, Mike. But he told me something he did that made, that made me laugh and was like really fun. Um, Vader had one more wound left and his opponent was about to get their bounty. So what he did is he played the implacable card the next turn. Took a wound, killed himself, for his, so his opponent never got the bounty. <laughs> now that, now that is gamey. Um, but but that but that but that's sometimes what it takes to um to like to, like to win games. Like you have to think a little bit outside the box. We have a player who's going to be coming with us to Worlds who just brings lists that are outside of the box. Not 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 not, not just general tactics. Dave will bring something that will make. Gem- uh, I reckon they'll make a good eighty percent of Americans feel a little bit sick. But that's but that but that's post playing against it. Yeah, I was about to say because <laughs> like, oh, he did that at uh, LGT and he took the the Luke bus thing. With RTD2 and then basically put RTD2 in the bus to go and score and win. And I was like, ah, cheers, Dave. Fun game though, really good fun. Didn't want, not what I wanted in game one. I will say that. No, absolutely. Um, uh, I think, and I think you, you you can just come come across against these really really strange lists. Uh, I'm honestly of the opinion, and I'm not sure if uh, what what Dennis knows about what the uh, what our German German friends are bringing, but I genuinely think that Blizzard Force will make up about sixty to seventy percent of worlds. One hundred and twenty-eight players, and I reckon you'll see a good seventy lists, eighty lists there that are Blizzard Force. Uh, we are actually still in the camp and hope that Blizzard Force gets nerfed before worlds. So uh, we 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 are talking already about lists, but uh, we haven't settled on lists yet. We will also have like a small boot camp before, so I think that will be the uh, the point where the lists. Uh, I've had a out. really cool idea. I don't know if it's possible at this short notice, but if you're doing a little world's boot camp with the German players, Andy and Ollie, they've been doing a little world's world boot camp for the, for the Brits. Could do like a little yeah. little intercontinental world's prep cup thing. If I'm not wrong, I believe. Um, Dennis, you're flying out quite early, aren't you? Yeah, we, we're doing it in, in Chicago. Um, Red, yeah. Red will be kind enough to give us uh, some terrain and some tables and play with us. Uh, Red Nerfly from Discord. And um, we will fly out at the 18th and uh, stay in Chicago. And So if you fly out earlier, you're welcome to... Yeah, I fly out on the. I mean, <laughs> discussing our plans on on there. But yeah, I'm, I'm. I was hoping to hit you up on that because I fly out on the the Tuesday, so uh, have some uh, pre games uh, on the Wednesday or Thursday. I think that'd be a, a great England v Germany. We could have it like a put, puts it on the line. Whoever loses has to uh, sing karaoke or something. 
Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's not whoever loses has to sing karaoke. It's whoever whoever loses gets their song chosen for them. I, yes. I, I will pay good money to see 10 Germans singing Barbie Girl in a bar in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that just seals the deal there, isn't it? I mean, be careful what you wish for. These guys nearly got me to do 99 Red Balloons while I was in Germany. And I was like, no, no, because I'll kill your language. Um, I've got another question though regarding Blizzard Force. Go for it. For the new change with um, uh, Blue Player no longer being the default winner on Tides, does that change much on some of the decisions of the missions you're playing or the reason you've taken them? Not on the missions I'm playing because like, I, I think that if I, I still need to make myself Blue Player so that I can play those four missions. Um, and, I th- and I still feel like I need to go for the larger bids um, to make sure that that happens. Uh, don't get me wrong, I could probably slap you know another medical droid in there and probably still be blue player a decent amount of time, but I can get really messed up by not having decent mission choices. Um, so if people are still running payload, you know, I can probably still win payload games. Uh, I don't want to play. I don't really want to play sabotage the moisture vaps. Um, you know, I, I don't but think it's. If a... you did play sabs, though, you'd be red and you'd win on points destroyed. You have to get to the like. You have to get to that point first. All, all it takes is, um, you know, someone with a tank, um, and they're going to move all their B ones back, or they're going to move all their clones back, and they're going to slap a saber tank at range four of me. And I don't think that. I mean, I, I would have to throw bikes at it. But all all, 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 all all that tank needs to do is kill a single bike squad and then retreat. And, that, and that's it. And that's game. Because I'm going to then have to run at a gun line. Um, so if... So don't go, Blizzard, Force, Blizzard Force works really, really well when I can throw things up the table and I don't mind losing a couple of units as I go up doing it. However, when people bubble up and retreat all the way back and it's on a mission where I'm forced to push, at that point Blizzard Force can take a bit of a backseat. Um, and it starts to lose units. That you know, when I, when I was playing against the Separatist Invasion Force um, over in Stockport, uh, I lost the game primarily because I ran two units of bikes up too quickly, um, lost them, uh, and then that was pretty much game. Like I was, I was being out, I was being far too out out activated at that point. I think the pass mechanic probably helps me, um, but then again, I'm also now on nine activations as opposed to ten. So you know, I, I, I've I've taken some losses. I think the only thing that I've dropped is Maggie. Um, from the list, and then just upgraded that and used her points for a larger bid and taking it up to Commander Vader, who who I think will do better for me on my missions. Like hostage exchange Vader's absolutely bonkers, absolutely bonkers on. Um, I think you've got what key positions Vader will just bounce into the middle, back end of turn five, turn six he'll pop. Um, bombing run bikes are fantastic for, and breakthrough again bikes are fantastic for. Or if I'm feeling extra spicy, I'll infiltrate Vader. Feeling extra spicy. Yeah. Oh, I just like oh, I just drop a Vader in the middle of the board. That sort of thing. Oh, no, nice cheeky drop of a. Vader. Although you can't drop him on an objective anymore. You have to drop no. him ever so slightly next to it, but you can't just drop him on. So that's an interesting one. How does that work, actually, Andy? This is a rules query for you. How does that work with Cad Bane and his tokens? Because you're not dropping Cad Bane onto an objective. You're dropping one of his tokens. Onto the objective because also you're not dropping it in turn one, you're dropping it in turn zero, and he won't appear until later. 
Cad Bane's tokens are allowed to touch objectives, and there therefore, when Cad Bane pops, he is allowed to touch the objective and run away. There you go. There's an interesting one for you. So, people, Cad Bane, he can still do the infiltrate uh, in the classic style. So, there we go. So, yeah, I believe it was on the forums this week. Sorry, that was a little segue. I had to ask that because it just popped in my head and thought that might be interesting for people to know. Um, so, Ollie. Ollie with Mr. Blizzard Force. Um, obviously, un unless things change, you're taking that to Worlds, yeah? Uh, I, I would certainly say so. Uh, unless unless more testing tells me that Dark Troopers are the better option, um, which, you know, I, it, we, we had a bit of a hard game um, last week between me and Andy as I'm still, uh, still catching on to the nuances of the new rules um, and how they affect the game. Um, so there was a couple of times where I was caught out in silly positions, or uh, I activated with the uh, activated with units the wrong the wrong way around. But um, again, I think it's just a case of more practice. I think that Blizzard is technically the better list, um, but I'm still yet to see all of the different variations of Death Troopers, sorry, Dark Troopers, to come out. And that will be to be continued. Um, right, last main segment of the show. Here I go, Dennis. Wie groß ist Legion in Deutschland und warum? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, boy. <laughs> so for those, that was uh, help. Translation, translation for you, viewers. <laughs> yeah, uh, go on. How big is Legion and why in Germany? So go for it. Um, I I don't know how big it really is. I think it's it's it's, it's as big as in the UK at least. Um, it's. You saw it in Bremen. We, Finn had a tournament with like a uh, hundred players, I guess, 69, 96, 90, 90. I, I don't remember. Yeah, the, it was the, the, in the 90s. The I want to say 94. I think 94 is my head because there was no yeah, odd number. Might, no one had a, might, no one had a buy. Might be. I, I wasn't sure. Um, I think we we have a lot of players. We have um like. 10 to 20 pretty competitive players who usually meet at bigger tournaments and like to travel around, and um. Yeah, um, I think uh, Legion is pretty, pretty. It's very well in Germany. So uh, it, we have uh, we have a very good player base. It's still growing. We all um, I see new players in Berlin here. Uh, whenever I go to a smaller tournament here in Berlin, it's not often, but when I do, I see a lot of new players. And yeah, I think uh, Legion is in a very good space here in Germany. So I have a, a statement that will make you laugh, but and Andy will certainly understand this, and I think he knows what I'm about to say. Uh, Ollie, you you played more recently, so not quite a thing. I think German competitive players, there are more of than there are UK-based competitive players uh, up until recently. That might change. The swing might have changed recently, and whenever we we've, an, an observation is that whenever uh, whenever you've travelled to the UK, uh, generally, you've swept up. I think it was Euros Was Euros of the top eight. Was it four of the top eight were German? One was, one was six. Polish. Six, there you go. Six, six Germans, wasn't it? Six, six, German, six Germans, one Polish and... and Jack. Jack. Jack Protein. <laughs> yeah. And then I think London was... Something similar. So 2019 was six again, because Dave Grant made the cut. And I think again it was another Polish or someone. No, yep. no I think in two nineteen was just four. But, oh, really? but Finn and Johannes made the finals, so yeah, yeah. I knew it was them. I knew they were in the finals, and I think Dave might have come eighth or something. Then it's it might, and might uh, so 
we so I've noticed that the German competitive players, uh, the standard is higher than, than uh, for, is more numerous. Sorry, and and therefore higher than the UK based uh, contingent. However, it would be very interesting to see the top Germans like Finn and Johannes yourself and and Martin uh, playing the likes of Oli, Andy, Dave, and insert one other like someone like Jack. Uh, who else is going Euro? Who else is going Worlds that uh, we can classify for as, as top for Europe for for UK? Oh, you don't. Nav. You, no, you, yeah. Nav, yeah. <laughs> he will love that. Poor Nav. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so that would say, yeah, Dennis. I think you. you we've. It's an observation. Is there? I don't know. Is, do you think there's a reason why that you were held the mantle higher than we did, or is it just a case that you guys could compete? better than we did or what 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 do you think or or is there no reason it just happened to your luck i actually didn't think about it in this way until now <laughs> um we i think we 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 started pretty early and uh, um we had pretty fast uh, um, a group of uh, pretty uh, competitively minded players uh, who met at bigger tournaments and started communicating with each other meeting at tournaments and I think uh, start starting from learning each other, so uh, that that might be the reason why we uh, came out pretty strong at the start. But uh, I think uh, competitive legion um, uh, became a lot better during the last two to three years, and and um, I don't know if we actually still have um, this uh, felt edge that you talked about. So. I think we'll, the the a good acid test will be at um, at Worlds. Adepticon and Worlds to see yeah where we'll, everyone places we'll that would be interesting. Well, I, um, I think I, I think the three most as of right now I think the three most competitive countries, mostly just from my own personal experiences at events, are Poland, the UK, and Germany. Um, I think France has certainly got some very good players. Spain are starting to get there. I know Italy's been having some events. Um, but I think from 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 tournament play, um, especially at larger tournaments in the UK, uh, I think the probably and it's probably because we've we've got some of the biggest uh, bases of players out there. But it's it's got to be Germany, Poland, and uh, in the UK now. There are some there are I'm, a couple I'm, of really good Polish players who play like Mickey, um, real top bloke. Um, I actually think you, you missed the Spaniards because um, I, I I also didn't know much about the Spaniards uh, until Martin and Johannes went there to to their uh, world qualifier, and they said we we was actually a pretty good tournament with pretty pretty good players uh, at the top, and they have like their own pretty big legion circus. We we don't leave. Um, uh, um, the country that much, but we have like a very big uh, legion circus around there and have pretty good competitive players. So um, I think last time I checked uh, the ELO rankings, we also had a lot of guys in the ELO rankings, right? Well, Not sure about this yet. It was in the summer, but um, yeah, we had. Let me just say because it's it, it's more on the fact that I've, I've just I've never I've never I also have been never there, seen. But... Yeah, never seen a Spanish player at any tournaments yeah, I've been to. That's that's the thing. But um, um, Martin and Johannes told me um, they are pretty good and um, uh, they have like their own big circus, and that's probably the reason why we don't leave Spain that much. The wonderful thing about if you're a Spanish Legion player, you can play outdoors. Uh, <laughs> the weather must be nice. Like, don't worry, we'll just go play outside. It'd be really cool, and you can actually have a desert outside there. That'd be quite handy. Um, 
what well, a dream of mine would be i don't think it's gonna be able to happen for a, a while and it would cost a lot of money to do it'd be like just imagine having a european a genuine european cup legion tournament type thing like the top four or five players of britain not me included would be there um then you'd have the top five germans top five polish top five italian spanish it'd be really cool and french it'd be really cool just to get uh like a, a real nice and then seed them all to like have one of each nation in each group and then the top ones to go on to play that'd be quite fun um, I, I, yeah. I think i think that something like that would be possible um certainly with especially like after things like adepticon when we all get to meet up and chat and meet each other um i think we should definitely do something more in the realms of like a euros um across like across i think that if 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 any of us could get in front of amg and just say hey can we do this can you support it and can you help then i think things like that would, would like it would be amazing because don't like don't be wrong I, you know going to chicago it's amazing but i spent i spent like 600 pound on a flight 250 pound on a hotel and you've got to worry about spending money whilst you're there it's like a month's wages to go to adepticon um, like more or less which is you know it's great to do once every while but you know a, a 60 pound flight to germany or a, or an 80 pound flight to spain uh, or for any of the guys who are on mainland europe you can just euro star it for for, for, a, for relatively I cheap agree, prices yeah, yeah. i'd be interested if i were I'd be, from a i don't know if it's something they published but i'd be interested to see what the amg figures are for like selling selling monetary figures in the units you, you, the, you, the uk has the second largest legion market in the entire world so I'd be interested to see what the continental comparison is for Europe versus America. See where I, I imagine America is still going to be up there huge because it just because its market will be bigger. But I'd be interested to see um, the comparison between the two. Uh, so anyone I mean, you say their market's bigger, but obviously the UK is is the biggest producer and uh, developer of miniature games. You forget that Games Workshop is UK company. Oh, hundred percent. But I imagine that. But I, I still, I still, even despite the production and everything here, I imagine sales figures in the states are probably nope. higher. I, I nope. don't. I, are they not? I, I don't know. I'm, no. I'm, I'm speculating. I, I mean, um, so they have one warehouse supplying the whole of the the US. It might be two now, actually. But from I was one of my previous jobs was uh, inputting the warehouse in the states for gw um and it was supplying the whole of the states um by itself so like where if, in the uk again they've still only technically got one warehouse but that would also then be sent off to europe as well so you got like th there's a bigger uh, like there's more people buying it here in the uk because it's a uk company and obviously it's where miniature gaming kind of kicked off first in that kind of sense i think because you've got just next to Warhammer World, you've got Warlord Games as well. Yep. For, for like all your bolt action and stuff like that. And they're both they're just, literally across the road from each other. Yeah, both just giant centres that you can go in and play games. Um, I think, if you, you, I think if you, you've probably you've got like Wayland Games down in the south. Uh, like big stuff is like Malifaux and all them kind of stuff. I best not say Malifaux on a podcast, otherwise we'll be tainted. Oh, horrendous game. Well, there's the little diversion. Let's get back on track slightly. Um, back to Germany. Um, Dennis, we've um, we spoke about the meta um, in previous shows here and how it evolved, um, which generally was like, oh, we'd listen to a podcast from the States, like Legion 99, Outriders, Notorious Scandals, Stabcast, all 
the list goes on. And so they're therefore influenced like everyone's list building, my list building, probably Andy's, Rollies, that sort of thing. Were you uh, and or German bass players sort of influenced in a similar way? And so you'd go, oh, look, that's been played, so we shall try it as well. Or did you come up with your own unique stuff that was kind of funky and a bit different? Like, like I, like I said, you were the guy that, to my knowledge, don't know about invent, but you met, you, you played the Padme Saber tank before anyone else that I knew. So was there any, was or was it, uh, or were you influenced by, by other nations or casts or media that sort of thing? I think this is different for each of us. Um, um, I used to 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 uh, hear to to to. Um, uh, What's it? Oh, looking for a word. I, I used to 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 um, um, hear scoundrels and stuff like that, and uh, but I'm I'm a guy who who likes to tinker around and to to build and play decks and build around ideas, and um, I, the Yoda list I started to playing the Yoda tank list was actually something I built myself, uh, because um, the idea started when, when when the Yoda command cards were spoiled, and I saw this free pip and thought, wow. There has to be something to do with all these aims and dodges, and and uh, that's when I started to thinking about this and uh, hope to bring a list with like nine activations. But then I had to realize I had to go down to eight. And uh, yeah, but to to come back to your question, um, I like to build my lists usually myself and um, uh, don't play like the typical meta list. But we also have guys who like play pretty i don't think they, they copy lists like that but they, they are heavy influenced by, by by the stuff they see and hear and uh, play the stuff then nice and i have two final questions for you um one of which has just leapt out my head but it'll come back in a second but firstly um we discussed the americans like to talk about the imperial officer as becky so we said <laughs> it would be maggie in england does that mean in Germany it might be Angela? No, no, <laughs> surely not. Um, it's 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 uh, the same thing like the Blizzard Force. Um, I think the guys who are on the Legion Discord uh, um, um, use uh, like Becky and Karen. I think if you have two, you use Becky and Karen, right? And um, I, I heard about the Maggie thing uh, uh, in your it's, podcast. It's a thing. But... It's got to be a thing. <laughs> You'll make it a thing, right? <laughs> If someone's got to, someone's got to. It, 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 it made me smile every time. So when I was doing the TOing and I hear someone talk around, well, talk around the, the other day, and they're like, oh, "I've got Maggie, I've got this, this," and I, in my head I was just like, "Yeah." And then, then yes. I heard someone, and then I heard someone say Becky, and I went, "Sorry, what?" And then, "Oh, I mean Maggie," <laughs> and it was like, "Yes, there you go." Um, but yeah, so I just wondered if it would be in Germany, it might be Angela, or it might be I don't know, I don't know if any no, 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 know, no. Fam famous German women would like, oh, it's Helga." There you go. Anyway, uh, the second question. The second question is, and I just want a one answer, no as to why's, strength of schedule or MOV? MOV. There you go. He's team MOV. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Um, well, we'll, get, we'll wrap up from here then. Dennis, it's been great to have you on. Uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future to offer some extra bits and points of view and stuff and things like that. Um where can people find you on social media should you want them to contact you or if you don't just don't say anything i'm actually not a social media guy but if you if someone there wants to contact me um i'm on the legion discord and on some other discords but that's basically the only social media um just go discord that's the best one for that i use yeah that's cool um 
Is there any events that you have or know of in Germany coming up that you might want to give a little bit of a plug? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, I uh, talked to Finn. Uh, um, sadly, Brim probably won't happen this year because he uh, uh, won't get uh, the, the pretty nice location for the price he had it the last two years. So he is looking for, for, for a new location for such a big tournament. But uh, Kirian's actually doing uh, a, a nice two-day event for up to 64 people, I think, in Kaiserslautern. And it will be... Um, at the 29th to the 30th of April, and um, as all the other German tournaments, you probably will just find it at uh, um, T3. It's like a German tabletop site. It's called Tabletop Turnier DE or something like that. And um, this should be a fun one because um, all the uh, usual suspects are already uh, signed up for this tournament, and I hope. Is the French is, guys might uh, come there because it's close to the French Yes, border. it is. It's true. It's very close to France. Is, um, as, is, I saw Killian post, I think it was yesterday, he'd finished his um, oh, essentials pack with the hostage and all the, the mines and things like that. His painting is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, it's, it, his painting is amazing. I have. He's famous for um, it. <laughs> for anyone else, if, if you look him up, uh, uh, he, he does think, uh, I think it's, he's down as Kraith on Discord. Q-A-I-R-T-H, I think. But yeah. And um, if you look on his stuff that he paints on Discord, it's amazing. And having it played is, against it, it firsthand, it's brilliant. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the German geography, Kaiserslautern is a town in the south, well, sort of middle, really, but southeastern part of Germany near Luxembourg and Stuttgart and Frankfurt and is just over the French border uh, if you if you are looking for where how to sort of get in. Um, it means that also if you want to go there, you can fly and it's pretty easy. You can fly to to Frankfurt or for and then take a take a train or whatever or bus or yeah, that should car be or whatever. Pretty easy in, to reach uh, exactly. So if you if you fancy it, that's there and that's a, that's in April, um, and that's all good. Um, gents, Andy, I'm going to throw it to you because I'm pretty sure you might have an event to plug because um, you always do. Go for it. What have you got? I've got to plug my monthly tournament, and it's in Milton Keynes, because I keep forgetting to say where they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so when I say MK, I mean Milton Keynes. Um, so I've got my monthly tournament on Saturday. I think I've got like two tickets left. Um, so if you want to come down, uh, try out the new rules, be it you a new player or an experienced player, uh, then it'll be a great place. And everyone always goes home with promo cards. Uh, minimum, um, along with any other things that I managed to find for promo stuff to give away. Um, and then obviously I've got the MKGT, um, so the Milton Keynes Grand Tournament in, in August. Um, and that is the 12th and 13th, isn't it? Oh, I can never, can't, how bad is that? I don't even know where my own tournament is. The 12th and 13th. 12th and 13th um, of August, there you go. Yeah, and you can buy tickets from mkgt.uk. Uh, just FYI, I haven't bought my ticket yet, but save me one, yeah, because I know I'm going. Uh, they are selling like hotcakes. And How I'm many is the, What's the capacity that you have for it? Because it was the fluid, current like, capacity a bit fluid last week, last year. Yeah, so the current capacity is 64 players. Um, if that sells out, I have capacity to increase it, but it will depend on how fast my printer over there can go. Um, so, and how fast uh, me and the wife uh, can paint the train. So when it does sell out, we will assess what the time is and how long we've got left, etc., to be able to accommodate them extra tables. I have a suggestion. Table competition. 
it is on the uh, the back burner Ooh, if I, for what I need. Um, so anyone listening who is looking to travel internationally, hint what someone might be in this. I think that might be the one to go to. Just a suggestion. It's it's an easy jaunt into uh, into Milton Keynes because the airport of Luton Airport, not a nice town, lovely airport, sort of, uh, is very close and you can do that. Stansted's not too far away as well. The but the wonderful thing about Milton Keynes is it's it's like an hour and a half from everything. Um, so you find from London, you can if you wanted an extra bit of a holiday stuff, you can go anywhere up to north because it's not too far away from the north of England where Ollie is from. Ollie, have you got anything you wish to plug? Social media work, anything, events, da da da, that plugs in your mind. Um, nothing that I can massively think of. Uh, if you want to find me on the Legion Discord, uh, just search for CBT3 That's No Moon. Uh, if not, try and contact me through the Facebook page. That's No That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast. Other than that, uh, I'll be travelling to a couple of events uh, across the next couple of months. Uh, undecided exactly as of which yet. Um, but I know there's a there's an event up in Pontefract the day after Andy's. Uh, that is a very difficult town to get to by train, but if you drive, do try and give it a go. That's held up at Olympus War Games. Yeah, that's all good. That would I be think there's also one at um, what's Simon's one? Harlequins in Preston. Yeah, Harlequins in Preston has one. I'll repost. Uh, I'll do a post later in uh, with all dates for more things as well. And there's one down in Bournemouth as well, which I hope will go down well uh, later in the month as well. Um, I haven't got anything left to plug. I've done my event. There will be another one. Uh, if you want to contact me on Facebook or social media or whatnot, just type in Cockles Faulkner and you'll find me because if there's anyone else called Cockles, I'll be surprised. Um, other than that, I hope you've enjoyed the show. It's been awesome to have Dennis on, our first international guest. Small, Thank you for having small me. Round of, I, small round of applause. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been cool. It's been fun. Um, keep an eye out for more information from us on our Facebook page. Other than that, uh, cheerio for now, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye there. You've been listening to That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast. To keep up to date with us, please like and follow us on Facebook, That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast, and Instagram, That's No Moon podcast. <laughs>